He's the way maker. That is who he is. Do you know him tonight? Do you know him as a healer? Do you know him as a provider? Do you know him as one that will meet our every need? He that is faithful to meet us when we come together in his name. He's our way maker tonight. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. Let's bow our heads. Heavenly Father, we're so grateful, dear Lord, to be called your children. So grateful, dear Lord, to be in your presence, dear God, to walk in your light. Lord, to have an opportunity and privilege, Lord. Lord, to be healed, to be saved, to be filled. What an opportunity that lays before us. As we know that we're living in the very last days in a world of confusion, but you and your sovereign grace, Lord, reached down to us. And none of us here deserved it, Lord. So we sing our songs, Lord, to exalt who you are. And, and we preach the word of God and we worship you, Lord. And sometimes words are not enough. We ask, oh God, Lord, that you'll be glorified. We welcome you here. We ask, Lord, that you take our frailty, our weakness, and you'll manifest yourself in simplicity. God, quicken the word to our hearts. Lift us up, Lord. Those that are weary in heart, those that are discouraged, I pray, dear God, that you'll just come and move in our midst, Lord. Thank you for all that you are. We love you and invite you here now in Jesus Christ's mighty name. Amen. Don't you love him? Let's turn in our Bibles tonight to Mark chapter 6. We certainly love you with the love of the Lord, and we have been praying for the family of Brother Amos and been trying to lift up uh, that family, believing and holding. God bless you, and uh, you're not alone. We stand with you tonight, and uh, the Bible says, you know, that we weep with them that weep, and we laugh with them that laugh. You're certainly not abandoned by God nor his people. We stand with you and love you with all of our hearts. In Mark chapter 6, we want to read uh, 45 through 53. Let's just start with verse 45 of Mark chapter 6. And straightway he constrained his disciples to get into the ship and to go to the other side before Bethsaida, which means house of fishing, while he sent away the people. And when he had sent them away, he departed into a mountain to pray. And when evening was come, the ship was in the midst of the sea, and he was alone on the land. And he saw them, his disciples, toiling and rowing, for the wind was contrary unto them. And about the fourth watch of the night, just a little before daybreak, he cometh to them, walking upon the sea. And would have passed by them. But when they saw him walking upon the sea, they supposed that it had been a spirit and cried out. For they all saw him, and they were troubled. And immediately he talked with them and saith unto them, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. And he went unto, un, up unto them into the ship, and the wind ceased. And they were sore amazed in themselves, beyond measure. And wondered, for they considered not the miracle of the loaves, for their heart was hardened. 
And when they passed over, they came into the land of uh, Genseret, which means princely gardens. And they drew to the shore. I want to preach tonight, believers in the midst of a troubled sea. May God bless the reading of his word. You can have your seats. The sun was setting, and there were some mighty things that was taking place in the land of Palestine at this time, things that have never happened since the history of the world. And you can imagine how the disciples felt as they were watching Jesus, and they were like, this is the one that we have looked for from the beginning of time. This is the one that was spoken of in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. This is the one that Abraham spoke of, that Moses spoke of, that the prophets have spoke of. And we are seeing it before our eyes. And somehow we are in the midst of this drama that's unfolding. Though many did not believe, somehow, some way, they were in the inner circle of believers and they could recognize what was happening in their midst. And they were getting in their boats and these great fishermen as they were getting the sails up and it was, the sun was setting, it was starting to get cool. And the waters were still and there was a stir among the people and excitement because there was a reality that they did not see in the synagogues. They did not see in the churches. They had never seen in all their lives. But now what they long for all their life, it's before them in flesh. It's materialized. The prophecies have materialized. The hope had materialized. Their faith had materialized. And now it's tangible. Now it's visible. Now it's touchable. The Bible said he, from the beginning, our hands had handled him, the word of life. How happy they must have been to feel like they were living in the Bible days. Can anyone relate here tonight? They were stretching the ropes and as they're pushing off and there's an excitement. The people were hugging and embracing and there was almost an effect of the presence of God lingering on the people. It was like heaven came down to earth. Don't you like those kind of church services? And they're waving goodbye. Some people are wiping their tears and children that were crippled were now walking and and limbs restored and the joy of the king in the camp. Amen. And they're waving and great strong fishermen begin to push out to sea. Push and using all their strength as they're pushing the ship across the sea to their next destination. How many would have loved to have been there? They're waving to the people. They look up and they roll a bit and they look out and they wave a little bit. Hands are, and Jesus said, I'll stay behind and send the people home. And the day was finished. It was the finishing up of that revival. Brother Branham said, it must have been awful silent. As they're reflecting upon what they just experienced, what they just come out of. They're under the effects of it. Nobody feels like sleeping like that. Our minds aren't on hunting and 
and games and different things, our mind is upon the things that matter. And Brother Branham said John was the youngest among them. And we know how young people are. Some of them like to talk. He broke the silence and said, listen, boys. I was standing right there when he began to break the loaves. I had a front seat view. And he grabbed the fish. He offered a blessing and he broke it. And it was seasoned and it was cooked. Did you taste it? And he reached down and he broke another one. And he broke another one. And I'm looking at it materialized, created from Jehovah. No preacher can do that. No religion produces that. That must have been the same Jehovah that fed the children through the wilderness. He was either with him or in him, but that's more than a man. Woo! And the spirit of revival started, the spirit of testimony started going on that boat. And I watched him feed soul after soul after soul after soul. It was like there was no end to the blessings that he wanted to give. He wants to give tonight. Our God is not a taker. Our God is a giver. But if we're his children, we ought to be givers too. We ought to be given back to him that gave his life for us. You love the Lord. Brother Branham said Peter spoke up. And he said, yes, sir. I felt a real similar presence the first time I met him. My brother come and told me we found him and said, what kind of revival meet were you in anyway? He said, you need to come and see. This is not like Rabbi Jones and Father so-and-so. This is the real deal. This is something the thirsty get water. The hungry get fed. The lost get saved. This is a reality of religion. Not saying a hundred years from now or years ago. It is a present tense message. Indescribable. He said, you're painting this pretty big. He said, I'm going to go see. He was a little critical, no doubt, in his heart. Our hearts have been disappointed one time after the other. But nonetheless, our hearts still hunger for God. And he walked into the presence, maybe with a critical spirit. But when he came into the presence, something humbled him. And Jesus turned and looked. Because that was a name on the Lamb's book of life from the foundation of the world. And there was a tug happening. And he turns and he looks and he says, Thou art Peter, the son of Simon. Or, or I'm sorry, Simon, son of Jonas. And that took the wind out of him. Brother Branham said that Right after that, Philip spoke up and said, that's exactly what happened to Nathaniel. He said, I went and I found him under a tree praying. I said, you got to come and see. This message is different than you ever saw. He speaks with one that has authority. Devils tremble. People are healed. People are set free. 
I always thought God wanted to kill me. God was holding a law over me. I couldn't live, but this is different. It's like he reaches down and picks you up when you couldn't pick yourself up. Glory. Is that the God we serve tonight? He's a way maker. He's a miracle worker. He's a provider of all of our needs. Do you know him tonight? And he said, we come in my home, God will bless sacrifice. He said, we come, and when he come into the presence, he said, behold an Israelite in whom there's no guile. He said, Master, when, when did you ever know me? Before Philip called you, when you're under the tree, I saw you. He knew he just came from there. And just out of his mouth, I didn't even mean to say it. I said, Rabbi, that's the king of Israel. He said, you believe because of this, you'll see greater things. Angels ascending and descending. Seals opened and angels coming out of heaven, restoring man back to what he was before the fall. And Brother Branham said it was Andrew that spoke up after that and said, yes, yes, I saw that operate. He said it was the woman at the well. We went to get meat. When we came back, we caught him talking to an ill-famed woman. But he told her all about her life. He said they were having themselves a testimony meeting. You love the Lord. It was a testimony on the sea. And it's amazing because... Brother Branham uses this as a theme, and he repeats this story many, many times. And every time he repeats it, he speaks of the certain miracles of the discernment and the creation. And it was those miracles that brought the testimony of that day upon the sea. And Brother Branham said what they did not realize under the enthusiasm of that revival. He said they pushed off and was actually getting further and further away from the Lord. And Brother Branham said they left Jesus behind. And this was not infidels. This was the elected. This was believers. Don't think that you're so spiritual. You can't make such a mistake. And Brother Branham said, as they left Jesus behind, so has the church in this day left Jesus behind. He said they had confidence in their boat. They were boatsmen. They knew the rigging. They, they knew the, the raw oars. They grew up there. They were confident in their ability to take a boat from one side to the other. He said they knew a lot about it. He said, and it's a lot like the Pentecostals in the beginning in Azusa. He said, when they were young, they had all-night prayer meetings. When they're young, the glory of God was falling in the meetings, and God was with them. He said, but I'm afraid that we have left Jesus behind. He said, you believed in divine healing. You believed and expected in the supernatural. And Brother Branham was comparing it to this day. And he compared it to the appearing of the Lord. You know, Brother Branham said that there's an appearing of the Lord and there's a coming of the Lord. And people confuse the appearing with the coming. And Brother Branham said the appearing, 
He based off of the angel who told Sarah what she was doing behind the tent. He said that was the appearing before the coming. And people, we know, as it was in the days of Lot, so shall be in the coming of the Son of Man. And people saw the coming of the Son of Man. It is not the second coming. It is the appearing of Christ. We believe in the second coming of Christ in a corporal body. That's what believers believe. Hallelujah. Do you believe that? He said, I will restore the church, saith the Lord. Before he comes, there will be a church without spot, Wrinkle or blemish. How many believe that? Brother Branham said what happened to these elected is the same thing that is happening today. And, And a man called Brother Branham out. He said they left Jesus behind. And a man told Brother Branham, Brother Branham, no. He compelled them to go. And he'll come later. He said they never should have left him. He said, do you remember Elijah and Elisha? Elisha typed Christ and Elisha typed the church and he tried to get rid of him three times, but Elisha said, no, I'm following you all the way. I'm going all the way. You're not leaving my sight. I'm staying with the message. I'm staying with the prophet. And Elijah threw his mantle off unto Elijah. It was a type of the baptism of the Holy Ghost that falls upon the church. Can you say amen? Amen. It's exactly right. I will not leave you. That's what he told Peter. He said, are you going to leave also? He said, Master, to whom will we go? Remember Ruth? When Naomi tried to get rid of her? He go back home to your gods. Go back home to your denominations. Go back home. She said, I will not go. Your people be my people. Your God will be my God. Where you're buried, I'll be buried. I'm not leaving you for nothing. Like Brother Timothy preached a couple weeks ago. Hold fast to that which is good. I'm not turning it loose. You ought to hold this message with a death, death grip tonight. The sun was going down. The waters were still. The winds began to cool. And they're testifying under the enthusiasm of the revival that just took place. But as the sun sets, Satan sticks his head up out of the bowels of hell. His creatures of darkness come out in the night. Spiders come out in the night. Honky-tonks and uh, nightlife and devils begin to pull out their hordes and drink and drunken devils and rock and roll devils and coming up out of their holes. And as he looks, he notices the disciples are not with Jesus. They've gone on and they left him. The revival was over. And they went away from him. Do you love the Lord? Brother Branham said prosperity has done this. He said when, when we were in the old storefronts and when we didn't have much, we were willing to be called renegades or called holy rollers or Branhamites or whatever it was. And you almost beat your chest. Thank you. 
One time a man was making mockery at me at a factory of mine, and he just kept doing it. I said, Lord, I'm being persecuted. Thank you, Lord. And but Brother Branham said the Pentecostals, which started in a real revival, he said they began to get big and began to produce programs, began to produce uh, entertainments just to keep the people. And I, I want to talk about it in just a bit, but they still went on with a form of godliness. But it seemed that they were lacking something. And the devil looked out and, and he's seeing this church now with all good intentions, good people, and they're rowing out into the sea. And Brother Benham said as Satan sees him, he begins to blow his poison breath. And the temperature told turns cold and the waves start getting angry and the winds begin to blow and twist. Devils and the prince and power of the air begin to bring angry waves and angry wind. The powers of darkness and he begins to blow upon the waters. How many knows that's what's happened to the church? The days of miracles are past. Apostolic days are over. Church ages are over. God ain't dealing with us no more like that. Poison the word of God. The Bible said it is to you and to your children and to all that are far off. As many as the Lord our God shall call. As long as God is calling, the apostolic blessing is falling. Blows his poison. It's just emotion. It's just Pentecostalism. It's just emotionalism. That's all it is. It's just emotion. And the boat starts rocking. The boat starts rocking, reeling. And they're holding on to the poles. And they're trying to row and trying to keep the church above water. And waves of doubt are striking. And lightning is a flashing. And devils are grinning every time the lightning flashes. Thunders are roaring. Now the disciples are screaming. And the winds are blowing. And the ship is being tossed about. Souls are being tossed about. Brother Branham said, where are the old revivals? They've taken on another form. He said, we have repeated this scene of the Bible. We have gone off for big opportunities. He said, the sick go home sick. He said, I remember 15 years ago here in Arkansas, I was having a little meeting up at Jonesboro. 40,000 people were trying to attend. 50,000. They laid under cotton trucks. They'd hold paper over their sick children to get inside. They sat in the seats. They wouldn't leave day or night. Their loved ones would go get a hamburger and a pop and they would stay there day in, day out. Hearts were burning on fire, and the least thing that God did would set them on fire, and hundreds of them would come in. He said, I was privileged to spearhead the greatest revival that the world has ever seen. It wasn't just in Wales or just in Germany 
It is actually a worldwide revival. But he with me. He said, I remember in Vandela, uh, Vandalia, Illinois, I walked into a meeting. I had been no more five minutes, and there was not a feeble person among us. Woo. Chairs pushed out, piled up. Blind was seeing, deaf and dumb. Simply, the Spirit of the Lord was present. He just healed the whole group of them. He said, now you can do something when the revival is going. You let the revival fire die, and you can't hardly, people are still Christians. But they're not revived into that atmosphere that does something. It's like a forge in a blacksmith shop. You've got to get the iron hot before you start pounding it with the anvil to get it straightened out. And that's what it takes to have a revival. Everyone under the heat of the Holy Spirit brought down by the powers of God. A revival that is moving. There's a prayer meeting going day and night, every minute, everywhere. And the people won't leave the grounds. He said there the blind was seeing, the deaf was hearing. The ministry tonight is a hundred miles beyond it. But the revival fire has died down. See the people, you would just point your finger. Do you believe, brother? That's all. He was gone. It was done. That's all it had to be. They believed the revival was moving. Ain't that wonderful? Here's another quote we're familiar. I'm going to slow it down just a minute. He said, I have about five years of 1965 ashamed. For about five years, I hardly know what to do. The revival itself among the churches has died. Everybody knows that you can feel it in the tabernacle. You can feel it everywhere. There's a thump, a dead feeling. There's something that isn't right because the revival, the enthusiasm has gone away from the people. Seems like a dead thump everywhere. Evangelists have left the field. 1965, Brother Branham said, not only is it in the Pentecostal ranks, it's right here in the tabernacle. We can all feel it. Brother Branham said, I don't know what to do. I was in the revival. Now I'm out of the revival and trying to find the mind of God. What to do? Pentecostals went on calling themselves Pentecostals. Pentecostals went on growing in numbers, establishing churches, good preachers, gifted preachers, good music, lots of altar calls, but yet there is no Bible revival happening. Everybody listening? Brother Branham said, we have substituted the glory of God for other things. Here's another, he said, now atheism, atheism is on the march. The churches are falling away and getting formal. He said, let me say to you, brother, if you receive it as what well, we need a revival. We're having a lot of protractive meetings, but no revival. He said, men like Billy Graham, Charles Fuller, uh, Dr. Dehan. He said, Hyman Appleman, great men, Oral Roberts, Freeman. We're having crowds, but no revival. But what we need is an old-fashioned breaking up, tearing down, rooting out revival. It starts in every home, sweeps through the city, closes the bootleg joints, and it'll straighten things up. That is a revival. 
Not a walking out, making a confession and walking back. That's no revival. That's a form. We need a revival and God help us to have it. And he said, when we see the crowds gathering, it doesn't mean a revival. A revival is when people really get right with God and pray through it. It starts a revival in a city. They put away sin and iniquity and they turn to God and they start back again. You love the Lord. Here's another, they're dying. The churches are dying. We have protractive meetings, but no revival. The reason is we're trying to teach men theology. Instead of bringing them back to the provided way of the baptism of the Holy Ghost and send them back to God by Calvary. We're trying to get them to a church, to join a church, to baptize into a church, to pack letters, but they got to be born in the church. That's the reason we've got no revival. We need an old-fashioned turn again, an old-time John Wesley revival where they stood, would preach all night, and the power of the Holy Ghost falling over the audience. That's what we need. We need the Holy Ghost. This is remarkable because the Pentecostals are saying we're bigger than we've ever been. We're like a machine. We're rolling. Members, members, members. Brother Branham said that characteristics is not a revival. The prophet of God could look at the characteristics and know the nature of God, that he is a miracle worker. He is a way maker. He is a provider. Because he knew the way maker. He knew the provider. Essentially, revival is him. Revival is the spirit of God among his people. And without it, we fail. And the disciples were failing. They were rowing away from him. They were having a testimony meeting. But now the revival... His dying is cooling off as they get further from the shore. You love the Lord. Brother Branham said, you can say something with your mouth, but our works tell us whether we have left him. No matter what we say, our works will testify of us. No matter what the Pentecostals said or the denominations said, It testified when they loved the offering more than souls. When they were more interested in materialism than the souls of human beings. And the devil is blowing. And the church leaves the preaching of the Holy Ghost and goes to theology and aims for the intellect instead of the soul. No spirit, no burden for the lost, no prayer. Questioning is the Holy Ghost right. And so many of the preachers shut God out of their entire program. As long as you're a member of this church, bless God you're in. Put her there. If you love your pastor, you'll put it there. But it takes more than a handshake, no matter how much you love your pastor. You got to be born again by the Spirit of God. And the devil didn't stop there. 
but blow after blow and wave after wave. He wanted to sink that ship to the bottom of the earth. He wants to sink this church to the bottom of hell. He wants to blow after blow after blow and throw the church and church into fear and panic till it doesn't have assurance, till it has no peace. Have you ever been there? The devil wanting to sink you, drown you, destroy you. And they're doing everything in their power to keep afloat. They're bailing the water out. They're rowing and they're fighting the wind. And the waves of doubt are striking the church. And young people are walking away. And preachers are walking away. And preachers are compromising the message of the hour. They went off and left him. He said, this is my chance. He loved the Lord. Brother Branham said, they've gone off without him. The love of God in our hearts constrains us to reach to every denomination in every place. When it gets to a spot, you can't have tender love for every human being. Something has happened. That's amazing. Because I can testify that our prophet did not see walls. He saw souls and human beings on many multiple levels. He never looked at what camp you're in. He never said, Are you in the message? Are you in a he would ask, Are you a Christian? Because the love of God, the presence of God will have you love. Your enemy will love your brother. Will love fallen humanity. And I wonder if some of the church hasn't drifted into denominational separating and thinking that if you ain't a part of this church, you're nothing. If you're not a part of this, you're nothing. Bless God. Let me tell you, God is the great judge. God is the one that reveals to us. God is the one that opens our eyes. And Brother Branham could look at the nature of the revival and say this is not the characteristic of a true revival when you can't love beyond Pentecostal walls, Baptist walls, message walls. Bitterness to your fellow citizen. It's nothing but the poison winds of hell. Brother Branham said you stick together. You stay together. Love of many waxing cold. You love the Lord. You know we're all on the same boat. We all come from the same parents. We all have the same problems. There's no temptation but what is common to man. Even Elijah had the same thoughts that we have, the same temptations we have. We're all on the same boat. And instead of fighting one another, we need to be working in harmony trying to pull this thing to a, to a better land. A land where there's no sorrow, no funerals, no death, no pain, no suffering. We ought to be pulling ourselves into the blessed presence of Almighty God. Instead of fighting one another, beating one another with the oars. 
We're on the same ship, going to the same destination. And Brother Branham didn't say message believers. We have a hard enough time getting along. He said Presbyterian, Baptist, Mennonite, Catholic. He said we are on the same boat. Human beings trying to come to God. That's the way the prophet taught it. Did you ever notice that Joshua, when he was fighting a battle without a red cross and without a defeat, all of a sudden Achan sinned in the camp and 16 men, I think it was, died, I think 16. And they died and he said, oh, there's a problem. And he went to God and God said, Israel has sinned. Israel didn't sin, did they? I mean, it was Achan. And that's our attitude. I didn't do it. He did it. You know, he says in Isaiah, you know, you fast and enjoy approaching God, but is this the fast to strive and to strike fist and the pointing of the finger? He said, if you'll fast with a pure heart, he said, and not point your finger, I will renew and restore, and your children will restore the gates that have been torn down. Hallelujah. If we quit pointing our finger and take God-given responsibility, then we are responsible for the church in this generation. We are responsible for winning souls. We are responsible for the Great Commission. It is our responsibility. And when one dies, we everyone will take account for it. Remember Daniel? Daniel said, I will not eat of the king's meat. I purpose in my heart from a child. He was now in his 60s. And when he got down to pray, he fasted for three weeks. But when he prayed, he said, I made my confession. And I said, Lord, remember Israel. We have sinned. We have broken your word. We have committed iniquity. Because everything the church was, he's associated. Did you know Brother Branham never said, uh, while you all are not having a revival, look at the tabernacle. We got healings. Nanner, nanner, nanner. Look in the Library of Congress. God took his picture with me. Nanner, nanner, nanner. No, he said, the Lord took his picture with us. Did you ever see that? He says it many times. The Lord took his picture with us. He identified himself with his people. We got our own circle of fellowship. We got our own special doctrine. Makes us saved and everyone else lost, bless God. I heard in the South, you can say anything you want to as long as you follow with, bless his heart. <laughs> You're all going to hell, bless your hearts. <laughs> Yet the sick remain sick. The defeated remain defeated. What was this message to bring us to? It was to bring us to the manifestation of the sons of God. They're groaning, waiting. Waiting for the church to take God's word and take him at his word. Amen. Brother Benham said there will be a time where sin cannot even come into this camp. 
that the presence of God would be so powerful, sin would be called out in an instant. He said there were, in the time, he said it was a compound prophecy. Mark those that sigh and cry for the abominations in the city. He said that is Jew and that is Gentile. And then he makes us all shiver when he said, show me one. I thank God for this message. I love it with all my heart. And if I have perfect faith in one thing, it is this message is sent from God and will not fail. Men will fail. Churches will fail. This word will not fail. It is vindicated by God. But God forbid we ever become comfortable. When God is going forward, we must go forward. God forbid we ever get a denominational spirit. We are a free people. He has made us free. We welcome the Holy Spirit in this place. And there is more ground to take. There are more devils to take. There are more souls to be won. There is more sick to be healed. There is higher places in Christ. There is untapped resources. God forbid we should be satisfied. God forbid that we shouldn't be marching till we become that invincible army. You love the Lord. That's, that's exactly, it's common sense. Gideon knew the characteristics of a revival. And he gets called out by an angel. And he says, Gideon, thou mighty man of valor. Gideon. Me? Rapturing faith? Me? Perfect love? Me? The alpha becomes the omega in me? I don't call you church, I call you bride. You will deliver your age. You've been called to deliver your age. That's what you were born on earth to do. But I got, I got a question. If God be with us, where's all his miracles? How can we be in water without being wet? Wherever God is, he's a miracle worker. He's a way maker. He's a provider. If he's a miracle worker and God be with us, where be his miracles? We see them, but not to God's ability. Brother Branham said missing limbs will be restored by the miraculous power of Almighty God. And what you saw temporarily will be manifested in the fullness of its power. There are higher places to reach. We have not met the summit. But we are marching. We are contending. We are fighting. We are reaching. See, when Christ comes on the scene, everything changes. This is the difference. Brother Branham said, let Christ come on the scene and the sick will be healed. The dead will be raised, the lost will be saved. 
and it won't be any merit and strength of our own. It won't be any genius of our own or ability of our own. We will all rejoice because God has come down and manifested himself among his people. I, I shake, I, I tremble. When Brother Branham was in Africa, those men said, Brother Branham, we don't want your theology. We hear you have a gift that makes this Bible live again. After the meetings, they said, Brother Branham, God did more in five minutes than all the missionaries have done for the last 50 years. All the millions of dollars that was pumped into missionaries. You have accomplished more in five minutes. An uneducated man. We cannot do this alone. We can never fulfill the Great Commission alone. You know, I, I, Brother George and I was talking today and a thought struck me. It just shook me. When Brother Donnie was here, he was showing that little gap when the church had prevailed for a short while, but then it fell in the 50s. Somewhere in the 80, 50 something is when the church age began. You realize the gospel was to go from Jerusalem to Samaria and the outermost parts of the earth. The more they were persecuted, the more they flourished. The shadow of fishermen healed the sick. There was no Bible translations. But Paul didn't see Peter for all those years. But when they met, they saw eye to eye. They didn't need translations because God supernaturally made them hear in their own language. There are no barriers with God. There are no limitations with God. God can do the work through us, but we need him with us. Can you say amen? Brother Benham said every time God is called on the scene, he must act in the same way. He said he will do the same thing because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever, and he must forever be the same. All of the confusion that surrounds the church is in the name of revelation. A man can say anything, but where be his miracles? The message was not sent to earth to make Pentecost a dirty word or make revival a dirty word. You almost feel like you can't say the word revival. Gifts are not a disgrace. It's not denominational runoff. Gifts come from God. I don't believe that the message was sent to earth to divide brethren and make division in organizations and destroy the fivefold ministry. I don't believe that the message was sent to make an elite group that's better than everyone else. When God called us out and turned back and damned where we came from, God have mercy on your soul. We all came from the same lump. It's God's grace that brought us here. I am what I am by the grace of God. Abraham said, is there 20? Is there 30? Is there 40? Abraham wasn't damning Lot. He was saying, dear God, have mercy. He knew where he came from. This message was not to make another denomination. It was to bring a spiritual reality of God. 
to give us hope with 40,000 denominations and sin all around us and yet the message reached down and called us. That ought to make you shout. Brother Branham said when we don't do what we were called to do, it paralyzes the program of God. How many would have loved to have seen the day of Pentecost? See the, the Logos, the pillar of fire, break out upon the people. Simple people. People like you and I, tax collectors and harlots and all kinds of... I didn't mean to look at you when I said tax collector. He was a king the other day. Now he's a tax collector. Wouldn't have you liked to have seen it? How many would have loved to have seen Mary... When the Holy Ghost fell on her and she started shouting in the spirit. How many would have loved to have seen it? You think she was ashamed of Pentecost? Do you think she was ashamed of the apostolic blessing? Do you think she was ashamed of the message of the hour? Revival? She was the revival. She had God on the inside working on the outside. Oh, what a change in my life. But if we want Pentecost, we got to pay the same price. We got to be baptized like they were baptized. We got to die like they died. Hallelujah. And the devil hated it. As the children of light were dancing under the power of God, the children of darkness rose up and he begins to blow a storm when he caught them alone. Blowing upon them. Criticizing the word. Brother Branham said, now, the great, this is 1965, does God change his mind? The great crisis was on. The nation was shaking. Not only the nation, but the world. It's at the end time. There's not anything to happen before the rapture, the coming of the Lord. It's already. We see gatherings. Oh, great benefit. Conventions and so forth. He said, if you haven't got the Holy Ghost, put it in your mind. You're not going to leave till you get it. This is 1965, months before he dies. Now, may I say this? They thought... He was along. They found out in a crisis that he wasn't with them. In this case, he's speaking of Mary and Joseph. He said, at that time, the great thing had been brought up. We find out we're missing something in our churches. It's the power of God. We're missing Christ in our church. We're missing, listen, not you. Brother Way was just raised up in his church. People were still being healed. Miracles were still happening in his ministry. But he's saying we. Brother Branham was not satisfied that the greatest things that ever happened on the face of earth, God was using him to do it. He was not satisfied. He was looking for the wave sheaf to become a field. He was looking for the glory of God the son of man that was working through a son of man to speak in his people, through his people, and live in his people. He said the tree of life is growing again. God will live in his people. How many believe it? 
He said, Christ and our church were missing Christ among our Pentecostal people, our brothers and our sisters. Something's wrong. The old-fashioned prayer meeting they used to have all day and all night. They don't have them anymore. Our women used to wear long hair. They don't do it anymore. It was a disgrace for women to paint use paint back in those days. Something's wrong. Nothing is wrong with Christ. Something has went wrong somewhere. The pulpit used to would never have permitted it. The crisis is on. We're missing something. We're missing the power we ought to have where the big machine ought to be running up great signs and wonders. This building ought to be sitting so full of the power of God till the sinner couldn't stay here. The Holy Spirit would condemn it quickly like Ananias and Sapphira. We're missing something. He said what we need is an old-fashioned revival of power of the Holy Ghost back in the church. We need it in all the churches. You're a peculiar people. It may cost you something, but it's more than life to us. Do you love the Lord? So while in all of their strength, these good elected people of God are trying to keep the church on its feet, Jesus had went up into a mountain to pray. Brother Branham said he knew what was going to happen. And he sat up there and he perched on the crag as he's watching down in the middle of the sea. Brother Branham said, his eye is on the sparrow and I know that he's watching me. Do you know that he's watching us tonight? Do you know that he's watching how we act to situations? Brother Branham said he was testing them. He was testing their faith to see how they would react. He was watching them all the time. It don't matter if you're just a housewife. He is watching you. It don't matter if you're just a schoolboy. He is watching you. God knows your every thought. He knows your sorrows. He knows your struggles. And he cares about us tonight. How many knows that? Brother Branham told a story of that, that king of England as he was coming through Canada. And how they put banners up all along the streets. I think Brother Timothy preached on this a while back. And oh, they had, they had all the banners out and everyone was lining the streets and any minute the king is going to come rolling down through the main street. All the schools let out and the little children's and their little frocks and all their pretty lace, they stood there with their little flags waiting for the king to come by. The atmosphere was like electricity. Everyone, the king is coming. The king is coming. Everyone wants a picture. Everyone wants to see him with their own eye. Boy, I tell you, we'd have a revival if we wanted to see the king tonight. Electricity would be in the air. The power of expectation would be in the air. And all of a sudden, here he comes. The trumpets blow. The band begins to play. And the king is waving. And the people are screaming. And they're waving their flags. Woo! The king is coming through. Everyone is jumping, and, and let me tell you, they got a little emotional. Emotion is okay, as long as you know what you're getting enthused about. If you get healed, you have a right to wave your flag to God. 
You get saved, you get happy, you get joy. You have a right to wave your flag. You have a right to worship God. You have a right to be free in Christ. You have a right to shout the glory of God. You have a right to enjoy your salvation. You have a right to glorify God with your lips and with your life. Mary said, my soul does magnify the Lord. Electricity. Everyone's screaming. Nobody can hear, but no one don't care. There might have been a couple people that was a little, is this necessary? Well, go home. Go home. We're enjoying ourselves. I want the king to see me. It means something to me, and it means something to him. His people love him. How many say, Lord, I have a need tonight? Just, I just want you to look my way. I just want you to pass by my way. Make eye contact with me, Lord. Peter said, look on us. Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have. Let me tell you, you can take everything else, but give me what Peter had. That's what we need. We need what Peter had. We need what Pentecost had. We need what the first church had. What did they have? Him. All of a sudden, the revival was over. Did you see me cut up? Yeah. I wasn't paying attention. I was cutting up too. Come on, come on. Let's get back to the bread shop. Streets clear. There's a little child boo-hooing. The teacher's got all of her kids. 23, 24, 23, 24. She goes out and she looks. She's missing one. God help us. And we just don't give up on people when they backslide. Honey, darling, soft words turn away wrath. And a word spoken in season, it does healing. And it restores. Great things come from simple words. Even text. Honey, what's wrong with you? Didn't you see the king? Yes. Did you get to wave your flag to the king? Yes. Well, what's wrong, honey? I saw the king, but he didn't see me. Brother Bram said, I'm so grateful that the great king of heaven ain't like that. We don't have to worry. He's going to see us. He knew the little widow woman that put in all that she had, turned and walked away, and the preachers didn't notice it, and the priests didn't know it, but Jesus said she gave all that she had. He is watching your worship. He is watching your attitude. He is watching your worship. He's watching everything that we are doing. His eye is on the church. He cares about his people. He hasn't forsaken us. He hasn't left us. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I will always be with you. A little while the world will not see me, but you will see me, and I will see you. Glory. Go ahead and wave your flag to him tonight. Glory. That's the God that we serve. That's the God that we love. 
I imagine it was a tragic time as Peter was holding on and the sails rip and the ropes are pulled from their hands and the water is sloshing on the inside and they're weary, they're tired, he can't hold on and now it's all failing and the devil is rolling. And when in the darkest hour, boy, we can preach tonight on the darkest hour. Peter must have caught a glimpse of something. What in the world is that? It's coming right at us. It's, it's looking right at me. It looks like it's coming for me. It's a spirit. It's a spook. No, it's him. He's coming after you. He's coming after the church. Draw me and I'll come running, Lord. They got scared of the only thing that could help them. What is the only thing that can help us? The baptism of the Holy Ghost. Pentecost is the only thing that can help us. Don't be scared of him. Don't be scared of it. That's the thing that will bring your healing. That's the thing that will give a rapture. That's the thing that will bring your joy. That's the thing that will give you victory. Don't get scared of him. Invite him in the boat. Invite him in your life. Invite him in your house. He'll calm your storm. He'll calm your fears. He'll heal your sickness. He'll give peace to the storm. He'll stop the devil from breathing in your life. Hallelujah! The disciples on an angry sea. But Jesus came after them. In the darkest hour, just about the fourth watch, which was the breaking of the day, Jesus come. And when he got in the boat, the storm stopped. We don't need a bunch of Publicity, advertising, self-promotion, fancy preachers, personalities, fancy doctrines. All we need is Him. He can accomplish more than everything we have tried to do in the 50 years of being in this message. All it takes is a visitation of God. Just a few more minutes. Brother Brandon makes another parallel of another story in the Bible. And it's when they pulled off from the shore and Jesus' virtue had went from him and he went to sleep. It's astounding the remarks Brother Brandon makes after the seals. He said, virtue went from him. He was resting between revivals. Direct quote, look it up. He says it several times. He was resting between revivals, he said, or his coming. That's what he said. Direct quote. And he said, when a storm raised because he was sleeping, they fought that ship until they realized he is with us. The creator promised he would never leave us. And they cried and woke him up. And when he woke up among them, the storm stopped. Let me tell you, 
You may be in a storm. Believers get in storms. But why don't you call him on the scene? Why don't you awaken him with prayer? Awaken him with faith. Awaken him tonight in your life. He will calm your agony. He'll heal your sickness. Not waken God 2,000 years ago. He is in you. He is in the ship. He is in the church. He is in his people. We need a prayer meeting to wake God up. We've seen every doctrine, every movement, every disappointment, and the ship has been rocking, but we have the creator on the ship. He is vindicated. He is on the ship. We saw squirrels spoken to existence. We have seen the multiplication. The creator is here. We are to be restored back to everything Adam lost. What are we waiting for? We have the blood. We have Calvary. We have the Holy Ghost. We need to awaken him in our lives. Awaken him in our ministries. Awaken him in our church. Awaken him in your marriage. I just want to read this just before I close. Do you love the Lord? God is so good. Hallelujah. I want to read this to you here. Oh, excuse me. Here it is. Praise the Lord. Reminds me of a fellow in Florida. He said he had a Chevrolet car that went out on him in Florida and he took it to the garage. Mechanic was going along there. Got everything set together and he couldn't get it to start. He put everything in it that he could. He renewed all the different things and but it just wouldn't work. He couldn't get it started. He just kept trying and trying, and the little mechanic was nervous. All over the building, picking up this. There's a man standing. He said, wait, I'm waiting on my car. I'm late. Can't you get it? I'm doing all I can do, real nervous, carrying on. Directly, a well-dressed gentleman walked up, looked at him a few moments, said to the mechanic, after he let him butt his head around a little while, he said, why don't you let me touch it? He said, can you get any current? He said, I've never thought of that. He turned it, a little thing over here, and the current went in. It started. Turned around and said, who are you? He was the chief engineer of General Motor. He designed it. In this hour, brother, when we wonder what's the matter with our revival, 1964, turn on the light. What's the matter? We got the material and everything. We got the mechanics. But where is the dynamics? That's what we need to move Jesus Christ on the scene. What's the matter? I tell you there. Hallelujah. Here today, called the Holy Ghost that can touch the dynamics. He is the dynamics of the mechanics. We stand Pentecostals, one of the greatest churches in the nation, thousands times thousands. But where is the Holy Ghost? We accept it by speaking in tongues. We've seen how it acted. The Methodists accepted by shouting. Luther accepted it by faith. It's the word. It's the word turned on. The light turns on the mechanics and they become dynamics. They are dynamics when the dynamics 
comes to the mechanics, it starts it rolling. The dynamics the Holy Ghost might flow through the word and vindicate the word for the promised day. Then the great church of God will rise to her feet like a jet-propelled plane off into the skies to meet her master. That's exactly right. Until we do it, it will not work. What shall we call what Jesus called Christ? I say with reverence and respect, I believe that the bride of Christ is called. I believe she is sealed in the kingdom of God. I believe the mechanics is there. They're waiting for the dynamics that will take her off the earth into glory and the rapture. I believe it with all my heart. We don't know how he's going to do it, but he will do it. He is the dynamics. We've just become members of the machine of his body, forming ourselves into his image. And we see him uniting himself with us in his works, with his love gifts. He hands them to us just before the wedding supper. We're waiting, watching for the big church that's to be united. The dynamics of this church will be a refilling of the Holy Spirit. That which we have worked in small measure while the headstone is coming down to unite with the body. When the head and the body unite together, the full power of the Holy Ghost will raise her up. Even the dead that's dead in Christ shall rise in the beauty of his holiness and take her flight to the skies. The dynamics is the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. How many say, Lord, I'm not scared of you. Step down into my ship this morning. Step down into my heart. Step down into my church. Step down into my children's lives. Let us stand to our feet. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's bow our heads. Heavenly Father, we find ourselves in the same picture the disciples were. Somehow, some way, Lord. God, we find ourselves in the greatest time the world has ever seen. We have witnessed squirrels spoken into existence. We have witnessed, Lord, seven angels come down from heaven. The opening of the seven seals. Christ revealed the restoration of the word. But with it must come the restoration of the church. God, our hearts are open. We're not afraid of Pentecost. And what it truly is. We're not afraid of the apostolic blessing. We're not afraid, Lord, of the promises of the Bible. We're not afraid of your presence. We love it. We live for it. They went without you, Lord. But, Lord, we can't live without you. We can't make a decision without you. We can't walk a day without you. We can't do the dishes without you. We can't go to bed without you, Lord. We don't want to leave you. We want to be like Elisha. I ain't going nowhere. We're holding to this message. We're holding, Lord, to Pentecost. We're holding to the promises of God. No matter how many counterfeits, we are holding to the true power of God tonight. You're the only one that can stabilize this ship. We welcome you here, Lord. You're the way maker. You're the miracle worker. You're the provider, Lord. You're the giver of every perfect and good gift. Help our attitudes. Change, Lord, our ways.
forgive us, Lord, of our failures. We feel, Lord, like the disciples struggling to keep it going. But, Lord, all we need is you. Come, Lord. Come down among us tonight. We ask these things in Jesus Christ's name.